You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. So if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to alterxartifact.com. That is alterxartifact.com. Now back to the show. Gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you? I I take umbrage with that introduction. Um, I do not think any ladies nor gentlemen, in fact, listen to this show. And they're all just like goo creatures from Alpha Seti Phi. You just turned me on. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. And we've got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you today? I'm doing well. My wife, not so much. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Her voice is out right now, and she sounds like Stuart from Mad TV. God damn it. <laughs> Look we, what we, I can do. Yeah, Kevin told me that earlier, and I was like, you know, the, the character that, like, had his short his uh, shirt tucked into his, like, tidy whiteies. Mm-hmm. Kevin's like, no, no, that's not that character. I'm like, but yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I only- didn't remember. I've seen, like, one sketch of him. And he was wearing shorts, so... Well, well, the one sketch I've seen of him, he was wearing tidy whities with his, like, button-up <laughs> shirt tucked yeah. into it. Who, who well, was that? It was Michael McDonald, right? Yes, uh, he yeah, was in... Yeah. Uh, he was in, like, uh, one of the newer Halloween movies. Yes, yes, I remember him. Like, he was great in that one, but yeah. I, oh, I always God. Liked they, Michael, yes. Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I think both of the, the characters in that... Yeah, in that couple were uh, were played by people from there. From oh yeah, TV. yeah. I I was watching. Uh, I spoiler alert. I watched Mandalorian, and uh, I was surprised that like uh, it's not just Amy Sedaris from Strangers with Candy on there, but uh, David Pasquezzi or Pasquezzi. Um, he's, yeah, he's in the Mandoverse too, and I'm like, oh, it's a Strangers with Candy reunion. Oh, neat. Yeah. Who's he? Yeah, who is he in there? Uh, he plays the obsequious uh, Twi'lek assistant. Oh, right! Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, man, okay, yeah, the one f- uh, from... Uh, uh, Book of Boba Fett, yeah. Yeah, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Book oh. of Boba. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, he, this he, is for the he, other yeah. podcast, though. Yeah, yeah, again, we're... we're <laughs> <laughs> that's why we need the other podcast. Yeah, we can't, we can't help but cross the streams. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So, Do it in the bathroom uh, all the time. Let's start off with, first off, we have a new review. Well, <gasps> new in that we just discovered it. David, where did you find that review, by the way? I don't even fucking remember. 
They, it doesn't matter. It was on a podcast platform. It is mm-hmm. from someone with the username Hawkey316. It was posted on December 12th, 2022. And they just said, amazing show. Hell wow. yeah. Thank that's you. High praise. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's a pretty damned high praise from the internet. I mean... And with a username... Well, I was going to say, with a username like Hockey316, they are probably a fan of wrestling, so I am very happy about that. Okay. Is is that a wrestling thing? Yeah, 316. Austin 316. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, you sure but, it's but not a John 316? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they didn't mention anything about my mother or, you know, my sexuality, so that that's quite quite an impressive review. Yeah, there's a lot of words that did not get used in there that I'm glad weren't <laughs> used in there. So uh, before we move on to other stuff, I just want to say we've got a, me and David have a friend that we've known for a long time. Uh, we know him by the username Nick Nitro. And uh, Nick has a Kickstarter he has fired up for a comic project he's doing called Excavator. Uh, we have a link to it in the document so if you want to head there it'll be right up top it is uh, kickstarter.com uh the comic is called excavator he is looking for funding for issues one and two the art is fantastic Mm -hmm. it's got a very mike mignola look to it it does it also reminds me of our old friend james riot's art a little bit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which and he admittedly as he put it once i have sucked the dick of mike mignola yes (laughs) so uh, which he's the creator of Hellboy, for those that don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we've got some comments from the Peanut Gallery on our previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darth Plato commented, Mike, and uh, that white dog poop thing. <laughs> Said he can picture it all cracked and weird and shit. I think I may have read the same article as Mike the Skeptic and similarly had a whoa moment. Yeah, no, it's just such a weird thing. It's one of those things you don't think about, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it hits you in the face like you're right yeah the formative thing of my childhood was not formative it's like the actual man's a background of my childhood well it's like you never think about you know you didn't think about uh uh the ninja turtle cream pies until they were gone oh god those (laughs) things were so good yeah yep you're just like man i haven't seen one of those in a while Oh no! Some at some point, that was the last time I ate a Ninja Turtles cream pie, and you didn't know it. And I didn't know it. That's a, the oh, last man. time I had a New York cream, uh, New York uh, seltzer. I didn't know it was the last time I'd have one. I was going to say would, it's would, a lot like if the Mandela effect was a real thing. Sorta, <laughs> yeah. Well, also one last thing I want to go into uh, for housekeeping. Uh, there is some new info I discovered about. The Pascagoula abduction, which I don't remember what episode number that is, but you can find it. It's called the Pascagoula yeah, abduction. Yeah, you found this out like hours ago. Yeah, like several Ooh. hours ago. Um, there's a podcast called the Kryptonaut Podcast, which is kind of like us if we were sports bros. Oh. But uh, mm. it's a good show, and uh, I highly recommend it. They did one about Pascagoula, and apparently, um, you know the fellow we talked about, Calvin? Mm-hmm. uh that that had a different experience from Charlie. Yeah. And, and Calvin talked about a gray came in the room. Mm-hmm. Well, he's written another book or two. Ooh. And boy, did the details keep changing. Uh, now it's a female gray, 
and uh, she reached up inside his mouth and played with his uvula with a super long middle finger. That sounds like a kink. It, it really does. does. And then she like finger banged his sinuses. That's also a kink. Yes. And I feel like we need to go back and cover this at some point. We need to do like an errata, a, 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 uh, errata and uh, uh, corrections an, episode. An errata, errata? I almost said that, dude. <laughs> well, I'm, but, but I mean, it's, it's the errata, errata. It kind of is, yeah. I just love how it went from being a gray to being a kind of weird, short, sexy chick with super long bird Cause he, fingers. Because he kept having wet dreams about the incident. Also, he's like 80. That too. And... Probably has, like, diabetes brain. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. He made it all sad. I did. Well, I'll have that one day. So, it, uh, you know, karma will get me. So, this week, we're dipping back into the UFO well. Uh, now, last time, boys, that I had the saddle, we talked about a very serious UFO, UFO case, or at least serious to me, with Whitley Streber. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think was one of my favorite ones I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we're going to swing in the other direction, and we're going to talk about an alien vaguely related to the Mothman, simply because it was in the same area. Today, gents, we're going to cover the story of Indrid Cold. Ooh. Now, our sources this week are the Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. The Visitors from Lanulos by Woodrow Derenberger and Andrew Colvin. And Beyond Lanulos by Tonya Derenberger and Andrew Colvin. A little nepotism there in the Derenberger family. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys ever heard of Indrid Cole before this? David, I know you have. Yeah, I right? have for sure. Yeah, for, at least from uh, uh, Hellier. Mm-hmm. And from My, before that, too. What, yeah. What? Once again, I would never have heard of this if it hadn't been for your insane ramblings. Yeah, and the good news is my ramblings at work are so vague and weird sometimes, and Mike just kind of doesn't want to think about it, that this is all still going to be kind of new to him. Yeah, I, I immediately like switch off my long-term you know, memory, because I don't want that shit hanging around. That's totally understandable, and I don't blame you. He, he sounds like a Bond villain. Indrid, Indrid Cold? He does. Yeah. yeah. He does. He should have like metal hands and well that's Doctor No, but still. No, he and sounds like his whole gimmick is he deep freezes people. <laughs> he sounds more <laughs> like a flash villain. He does. Oh, there you go. Oh my god, him and Captain Boomerang, like yeah. they get done and it's like, you know what, let's let's go well, to Shoney's. And you know what's great is that like uh Captain Cold is my favorite flash villain and like one of my favorite villains ever. I fucking love Captain Cold, so I'm very happy yeah. now. Okay, well, good. I'm glad we could do that for you. So, to tell the story of Injured Cold, we really have to start with Mr. Woodrow Derenberger and his family. So, somehow I feel like this is going to spin off into a reality show about a restaurant called Derenberger's. Hey, welcome to Derenberger's. We got Optimus Prime in the back. He's making hamburgers. <laughs> Sorry, us. Well, okay, so number one, uh, most people from Boston don't speak like they have a speech impediment. No, they don't. Just, <laughs> just Mark Wahlberg. So, Darren Burgers. That was started Ambergers. by uh, the, the husband from Bewitched, right? Yes, Darren <laughs> Burgers. That was his actual name. It yes. wasn't Stevens, it was Burgers. But once the war started, they changed their name to Stevens. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> 
boy, I'm really glad I had something to fall back on that one. So, <laughs> now, prior to November 2nd, 1966, Woody Derenberger had lived a fairly normal life. Difficult, though, from the little I've been able to gather. He'd worked odd jobs and tried hard to provide for his wife and two children. And he'd finally found a job he was good at and enjoyed. He was selling appliances and delivering them himself. Now, the night in question was cold and raining. The miserable sort of night that leads to not much good. I see you're practicing your 1930s noir detective writing here. Actually, yes, thank you. And I cannot tell you how hard it was to not write It Was a Dark and Stormy Night. <laughs> she had gams that went up to Lanulos. Oh, God. So, so, so can we stop and appreciate the fact that you could deliver appliances and provide for a wife and child? I, you know what? Yeah, I know. He probably yeah. owned a house yeah. and yes. a car. Yes, he owned a farm, Mike. Well, I'm depressed now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why they call it the Great Depression. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> So, Woody was on his way home to Mineral Wells, West Virginia. I really oh, want to emphasize. Country. Mountain Mama. Y- you, know, you know what we need is we need that Kill Bill siren. You know, like... Uh, n- yeah, Way-o. like... The, every time West Virginia is mentioned, we just play yeah, that. Yeah, I kind of feel like you're right. <laughs> so, he's on his way back from uh, to Mineral Wells, West Virginia, when a crash in the back of his Econoline van told him the sewing machine on top of the radio had finally fallen the fuck off. Again. So grumbling to himself, he turns the dome light on, which that dates this, mm-hmm. to check for damage, and he sees a vehicle in the back window with no, no lights on at all that starts to pass him. As he turns to pay attention to the road again, the vehicle does pass him, and it is huge. He described it as looking like the glass globe of a hurricane lantern laying on its side and being a metallic gray as it moved into his headlights. So a Tesla Cybertruck, then? I I said, no. No, it did not look like a child's drawing. (laughs) Mike, you gotta back me up here. The Cybertruck's ugly as human sin. Oh, it... Look, it looks like something... It looks like a car or truck from, like, the Nintendo 64. It, it looks like does. my first CG model when I took a 3D model in class. It, 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 that's the only reason nerds like it. It's because it, it looks like it was rendered on a Sony PlayStation. I feel like if you're driving it, the only song that can play comes straight from the engine and just goes, Daytona! <laughs> no, that's that's too... That had Better texture. graphics? It doesn't okay. have the right sound chip for that. That's true, yeah. So the vehicle, whatever it was, did something (laughs) really bizarre and shockingly asshole-ish, guys. It brake-checked him. And it did it until it got Woody to stop the van and pull over. Knowing where this story is inevitably heading, I find the idea of visitors brake-checking people to be the funniest fucking thing. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Imagine, Mike, you, you get brake checked by a UFO. Just so, a gray with a bumper sticker, like uh, like the South will rise again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, I feel like a gray would be the one that has the Mothman ate my entire ass at a Denny's bumper sticker. <laughs> Mike, you were going to say something. I was going to say, so, so this, like... So it wasn't really flying so much as like it flew. Him. It was it was hovering, well, but it, 
hovering yeah. is not flying. Right. No, at this it's, point, it's a, no, it's not. It's a UHO, You're right. unidentified hovering object. Okay, that's fair. Well, I mean, it's moving, but it's st- so close to the ground. Is it? St- does it technically still qualify as a UAP? Now, now, oh, yeah. did they... Uh, well, no, it's not aerial. It's, you know, mm. it'd have to be above the tree line, well, I think. To okay, here, here's my question. Did they check for the smudges to get rid of the wheels like they did with the land speeder in Star Wars? You know, they mm. should have looked for Vaseline on the, on the, uh, the windshield. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mirrors underneath the vehicle. Mm, that too. Mm-hmm. So, he's staring at this vehicle that's caused him to pull over in shock until a glowing panel on the side slides open, and a man hops out into the rain. The man seemed to be just shy of six feet tall and was the spitting image for you younger kids of a young Stephen Colbert. For some of us, though, I'm going to say he looked like a younger version of the dad from Leave it to Beaver. Or uh, J.R. Bob Dobbs from The Church of the Subgenius. He had black hair, slicked back. He had a warm smile and handsome features. He wore a green lame jumpsuit with a black trench coat over it, and he stood with his arms folded, paying no heed to the rain. In every way, he looked human. Just like Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I, uh... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, is this like, you know, the intergalactic bang bus? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mike. <laughs> We need to turn that into a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, God. I want to... We need to draw this man standing in front of the ship and it's this intergalactic bang bus. <laughs> All right. So, Woody heard a stranger's voice in his head asking him to roll down the passenger side window. So, he did. The stranger walks over to... Walked over to the window. Got to keep my tenses straight. Mm-hmm. The stranger walked to the window and looked in and spoke telepathically to Woody. He asked him his name, and Woody was too frightened to answer mentally or physically. Now, at this point, the man said something that it sort of sticks with me, and it may stick with you guys. I don't know. Don't be afraid. I come from a country much weaker than yours. (laughs) What? What would you guys say if a dude jumped out of a UFO and told you that? Uh, I, I, I don't know. If, if I saw a UFO, I'd probably still be freaking out. And the guy says that, I'm like, bullshit. You're a UFO. <laughs> you know, I'd prepare to invade for oil, but then again, I am role-playing Dick Cheney right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's just fair. like this guy just comes up and like, look at how exposed and soft and weak my belly is. Oh, I do hope you don't stab it. He's basically the human equivalent of a cat right now laying in the hallway. Look Invaded at my weak his, spots. His LeMay jumpsuits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Woody finally answers and tells him his name is Woodrow Derenberger. And the man replies, my name is Cold. Like, as ice? paradise and this is how our story begins guys it does not get any more normal from here so hmm. so so he he got banged in the bang space bang bus the space bang bus so cold asked woody if he worked and what he did for a living and if he needed to work for a living 
And of course, Woody answers, yes, I work. I work in appliance repair. I have to provide for my family. And then Cold asks, what are the distant lights down the road there? And Woody explains, that's a city. And Cold says, where I come from, those are called gatherings. <laughs> um, There's a reason I keep doing that voice. It no. just seems like that kind of guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You were going to say something, Mike. No, I didn't have anything. Like, I was just kind of... <laughs> Well, then let's continue the story. <laughs> let's continue this story. Anyway, sorry about that. Where I come from, that's called my anus. <laughs> it's bleeding. <laughs> I don't know. The bad thing is, Mike, um, the, you know the person I based Lewis and Coda's world on? Yes. I could picture him playing injured cold. Sure. Yeah. After several minutes of bizarre small talk, Cold says he was going to go. But he says, we're going to meet again. <laughs> and then he tells Woody, would you please report this to the authorities? I will verify the story for them myself at a later time. We never actually hear about Cold doing this. Not through official channels, anyway. So the cadence of this experience so far also gives that kind of like strong men in black vibe. Doesn't it, though? Yeah, just like the it, weird reaction to everything. Yeah, it's it's man in blackish. It is it is high strangeness mm -hmm. for real. Kind of like the, you know, shooting at the, the Hopkinsville goblins and they go Looney Tunes Daffy mm -hmm. Duck on you. Mm -hmm. So. Cold walks back to his ship, and an unknown co-pilot reaches down and helps him back through the door. Then the ship shoots straight up and off into the distance. And that's when Woody put the hammer down and gets home. Hmm. So, at home, Woody's wife Catherine and his children are waiting for him. Which, it's late at night, but the kids stay up so they can see Dad, right? Mm-hmm. He walks in pale as a sheet and passes the kids without a word and falls into a chair in the kitchen where he explains what happened to his wife. Now, out of worry, his wife calls the authorities and the sheriff and other local law enforcement come out and take a statement. And I want to point out that according to everything I've read, the authorities were like, well, that's weird, man. Hopefully that guy does show up like they just believed him. I mean, it's the 60s. What are you going to do? I don't know. It's kind of weird to me that law enforcement isn't like, uh-huh, and were you driving while you were drunk? <laughs> so well, Now, where was this? This was probably like... West Virginia. Small town. Oh, yeah. Mineral so Wells. He, he probably went to church with his... Uh, oh, with obviously. The sheriff, so, yeah, he probably probably sold him an appliance, too. Yeah. yeah. Sold him a washing machine. Yep. Why, I bought that new microwave range off him. You know, sold him a washing machine, fucked his wife. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> no, I don't want to get into I, I their marriage. There's any adultery just, here. I well, oh, not oh. not yet. Okay, yeah. So after the authorities question him and they talk <clears throat> and make a statement, they leave. And an hour later, it's three a.m. Mm. and the men in black actually show up. Galaxy Defenders. 
And I find it interesting that they showed up at 3 a.m., which is the witching hour and the prime time for high strangeness in the phenomenon. Or so, if... Oh, you first, Mike. I was going to say, so as someone who stays up till 3 a.m. almost every night, right? I have never seen high strangeness. I have, but I think it's because when I'm up at 3 a.m., it's because I'm normally supposed to be asleep. Well, I'm always up at 3 a.m. Right. No, I and, know you are. And I think, look, if there is something to all this, as a little tangent, <clears throat> but if there is something to all this, I think it's, like, individual. Because talking to some people at work, both of them say they've had weird experiences at, oh, mm-hmm. one, at one of their homes. Yeah. The bald guy. I'll say the bald guy. Kevin, you know who I'm talking about, right? Young bald guy. Ah, yes. Oh, he's had some? Yeah, at at his house. Both of them. Both him and his lady friend. I need to ask them about this tomorrow. And and they were telling me this stuff. I'm like going, I'm trying to like come up with, you know, rational explanations. And they're like, okay, but what about this? And what about this? I'm like, fuck, this, this stuff never happens to me. Or if it does, it's like, I go, oh, that's just, you know, a moth and just, you know, stop thinking. Sure. So I, I don't know what the, like you said, like you've, I think you've said before, there are some people that are weirdness magnets. Yeah. I'm, I must be the antithesis of it. Kevin, has your life gotten less weird living with me? Mm, I would say. Like, like to an extent. Pers- like experiences. Personal experiences? Yes, it has gotten less weird. So maybe I keep it away. Good, I, because you know what those experiences are, I, and I, I hate them. Exude an anti weirdness field. Good. I'm going to fucking hug your leg all night. <laughs> now, I was going to say the last time I saw <laughs> high strangeness at the witching hour is when the local coven. Made pot brownies. Haha. Woo! Yeah, I was waiting to do Top. that one. It was yeah, not worth good it. Time. <laughs> yeah, it was good not times, worth it. man. <laughs> All right. Woo. So now, the two men in black that approach Woody's house tell him he better not open his damn mouth again about meeting in about meeting cold, or there will be consequences. Now, did they See do the it qu- in the same kind of cadence as Indrid Cold? Now, you shut your goddamn mouth or else there are going to be consequences. I have a feeling they talk more like this. Yeah, probably. Do they do the you better quote, shut your damn mouth or there'll be, quote, consequences. I'm threatening you, but doing it in a cheerful manner. Hello! If you say another damn thing about this alien, I will beat your ass! <laughs> so, Woody... Being the red-blooded American in West, by God, Virginia, that he is, tells him to go straight to hell. He will talk to whoever he damn well pleases. And he put the jar back, the lid back on the jar of his moonshine. (laughs) (laughs) Are you really threatening me right now? Right in front of my family? Right in front of my salad? (laughs) In front of my salad. Uh, that's another shirt we need. Not in front of my salad. Oh, no, we can't do that because that's been a meme for a while. Oh, has it? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Oh, I you don't know the context it. of the meme. I'm going to have to educate you later. Oh, yeah, you got to. It involves so, gay porn. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow, <laughs> that took a direction. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Turn the wheel. So, the next day, 
To emphasize what he told the men in black, Woody and his wife drive into town on the invitation of a local TV station to do an interview about his UFO sighting. That that's that small town quick turnaround for you. I know. Well, <laughs> come on, man. You know the sheriff told his wife. His wife told somebody. Somebody told the uh, the TV station. And the TV station called and said, "It is a real slow news day here in Mineral Wells." <laughs> yeah, they they got to run something else besides Doctor Who reruns. I mean, we already did that story running that Democrat out of town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. After spending the entire day in town doing the interview and just having a day on the town, they come back to find their yard is full of looky-loos waiting to see if the UFO would show up and make contact as it promised. Now, this would become a regular occurrence at the house. Now, we call those weirdos paranormal podcasters today. Yes. Well, I wouldn't be on the person's lawn because i probably would have to be at work or asleep but once again this 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 word is he goes one night and all of a sudden like Mm -hmm. he's on tv he's on tv he's like he's got live news broadcast i mean i do find the starting to stretch credulity 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 there you go that's the word i was beating around the bush there's actually a reason for this too because this is like at the tail end of a major UFO flap. Oh, it is. That have been and going it's West on. Virginia. Yeah. There's yeah, not but, much happening. But, but but don't they have moonshine to be making? They've already drank it. And I mean, they're I'm trying to stay away from the lawn. incest jokes here. We'll get to those. Now, two days later, Woody was driving to make a delivery with a co-worker when he hears a voice in his head saying that it's Mr. Cold while driving. Mr. Derenberger, please pay attention to the road and drive carefully. My ship is directly above you and we are speaking via thought transference. <laughs> oh, he's having an episode again. It, it sounds like, like you're getting ready to go on the ride at Disneyland and they're giving you the instructions. Please keep your hands and feet inside the UFO at all times. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I speaking of Disney, I heard that they're like they're opening a Tron ride. Oh and they're dude. like having Tron like merchandise and stuff, and I was like looking at it going, Oh, oh you fuckers. Mm-hmm. You absolute Mother fuckers. fuckers. Yeah, they've been working on that Tron coaster in uh Florida for like seven or eight years because it was Jesus. in Shanghai for the yeah, longest man. time. Are they going to have the other like, show? Yeah, again, but I just want to know if they're going to have animatronic uh, Daft Punk up there doing the music. I no, I, I've seen it. No, oh, but man. but I, I saw a thing like all the 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 like merchandise you can get. I'm like, they're really mm-hmm. like used to be just like shirts and pins. And yeah, shit. now there's like now action figures and now now you can get discs. A, a, yeah. You saw those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of my prized possessions that I have stored right now is a, uh, I I bought the deluxe Tron legacy soundtrack, the, the big expensive version that came Mm -hmm. with the giant glow in the dark Daft Punk poster. Got that shit framed and everything like that. Yeah. Yep. Pretty cool. Anyway, back to our normal show. (laughs) Yes. So as Woody drove and his passenger wondered why he'd gotten all quiet all of a sudden, he learned a staggering amount about Cold and his home from The Voice. 
The voice's full name, it said, was Indrid Cold, and he was from a planet called Lanulos in the Ganymede galaxy. Now, Mike, can you tell us why that's wrong? Um, well, Ganymede is a moon of... Jupiter? Jupiter, yes. I couldn't yes. remember. It's that Saturn or Jupiter 1. One, but... one of those. It's, yeah. it's a moon in the solar system. I know that for sure. Yeah. And Lanulos is that lotion you put on your hands. No. I... That's lanolin. Yeah. But it does sound like, like, you know, use refreshing lanulose on your nether regions. Dry hands. I was going to go with your parched nether regions, but sure. That's what your teenage son will use it for, obviously. Now, are we sure this isn't like uh, Men in Black, the galaxy is on Orion's belt thing? Um... I'm pretty sure it's got a lot to do with someone not knowing a lot about astronomy. He does, in the yeah. book, say he theorizes that they lied about that to, to throw them off the trail. <laughs> now, the voice's home was a utopia with no war or violence because every man, woman, and child was telepathic and they could all understand each other. They were also all Christian. Wait, what? <clears throat> all of them. An entire planet of psychic Christians. Oh, God. That sounds <laughs> like hell. Right, right, yeah. For, for being Christian sounds like a special kind of hell, doesn't it? it God, it, I'm just imagining. Be, imagine being around psychic Mormons, basically. Right. Um, oh, I mean, did you, did you gentlemen grow up around Christian Oops. families? Uh, yes. Yes, yeah. we're in the bo- we're in the buckle of the Bible I mean, belt. My, my family was Catholic, and I, that's I different. They were not very devout. Devout, yes. Yeah, yeah no, I um, I spent my t- enough time around Christians where I'm just like, but I, I feel my sphincter tighten in stress. Yeah, this. I could no, I I understand. But Kevin, what what aren't space Christians but Mormons? Yeah. Technically, yes. I just picture people being unbearably pleasant and knowing everything you think. And judging you <laughs> yes. all the time. You so, think, you think I got a fart, and everyone around you is like, you backs son up. of a bitch. Like, like, they act like they've never farted in their life before. Well, they may not have. We don't know that. I'm just saying if... if no, you wouldn't know that because you can read their fucking mind. Yeah. Well, you read it back and know, yes, they farted like last week in church, but they it was a little squeaker and it was. Well, but everybody know, knew when, because no, it no, it was those when uh, the pastor was snoring or whatever. So nobody you know heard it. My, know my brother vomited during snoring. a church sermon Just once coming up. Wait, what? Yeah, my brother vomited during a church sermon once. It was awesome. That's metal as hell. Yeah, he, he was—he's just a little a little kid. Like I'm not much older. I'm probably like nine years old. But he just like fucking vomits, and we're sitting up in like the first two rows. So my dad has to like pick him up and carry this vomiting child up the <laughs> aisle. That's uh, the devil is leaving that boy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, meanwhile, back with uh, this voice in his head. <laughs> So, the voice tells Woody that they wanted peace with Earth, but our governments were too hostile, so they were really going sort of a grassroots contact with people. Real power to the people shit. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, well, your governments are hostile. We'll just make friends with, you know, individuals, and then, 
You fuck your government. <laughs> I mean, there would have to be a lot more of them then. So this is when January 6th was planned, right? Yes, back in 66 okay. uh, in November. January 6th of 1966. Yep, that was it. So after all this information, the voice told him it was going to break contact and that it could be quite painful and unpleasant. So <laughs> please, Mr. Derenberger, be careful driving. I'm hanging up now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> You have mail. <laughs> so Woody said the experience was actually quite pleasant, and uh, he became elated. Mm. And he says his passenger knew something was up, but never really elaborates on how or Dude, why. did you come your jeans? Yeah. Did you just come? <laughs> what the fuck, no. dude? No. No. You guys notice I only refer to it as the voice here? Yeah, I mean... I have a theory that it could just be him having a fucking stroke. I was gonna say, wasn't that isn't that like a a, a talk show? But no, that's the view. Yes, the that's voice. different. The voice is um uh 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 music like show, a singing show. Yes, uh, one of them. Their talent shows. Now, after this, this is the true beginning of the courtship of Woody and Indrid. Hot, hot. <laughs> Extraterrestrial well, you know, action. It really kind of like I don't know. It's weird. I'm trying to turn you on right now. Is it working? Are you horny? Yeah. <laughs> Do, is that as hard as you can get? Yeah. Ring, ring. Are you up? <laughs> <laughs> so a short time after their talk in the van, Indrid shows up with two friends. Hot <laughs> friend, friends with the. Far-flung alien names of Carl and Demo. Is it Demo or Demo? I don't know. It's spelled like a demo, like a demonstration, so mm. I don't know. But they would stay outside on the early visits, and Woody would speak to them on the porch. Did they serve him lemonade, and, you know, they were sitting in their rocking chairs talking about the Northerners? Funnily enough, not at first, but as things went... <laughs> Kevin, so you're saying they are not men, they are Carl and Demo? Oh, God damn it! All they want is freedom of choice. <clears throat> so, a lot of their discussions involve family life and understanding that's God, that God's love was the source of psychic powers. In fact... They even taught Woody how to transmit and receive thoughts. Who he, and he said he could do this with at least one or two other people. Hmm. Now, every time they visited at first, they would offer Woody a ride in their UFO. And Woody was terrified of this idea. Even though he said he completely trusted these three guys. Hmm. And after a time... He finally broke down and agreed. Well, you know, I, I kind of get what Woody's getting at, because like, I have people I trust, but I know that they are terrible drivers, and I wouldn't want to Oh, sure. I, yeah, like, I get I it. Can, I can think of one mutual friend of me and Mike's who, um, actually, there's somebody I went to school with in high school that um, I loved her to death. She's a fantastic friend. Will not get in a car with her. Yeah, look, if yeah, I see, oh, yeah. like, a, a couple cans of 40s in the... Uh, the front area of the car, I'm going to be like, huh? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
on his first flight in a UFO, they asked Woody, where would you like to go? And he says, I don't know the Amazon rainforest. So, they take him there. They float over the Amazon rainforest and the cities along the river? Mm-hmm. Before they start a tour of the solar system. Oh, and there are cities along the river. Um, so aside just, from the UFO thing, this isn't too odd. I don't. Okay, I just didn't know that there were like you know big, vast, fucking sprawling metroplexes along like, the I, Amazon. I wouldn't. I, you're not going to get a, like a Los Angeles out of there, but like, no, okay. like there's there's some decent sized uh, cities along there. Okay, well, color me corrected. There you go. All right, so they go out into space, which. Great for him. <laughs> they take a tour of the solar system. He was shown the moon and the vast bases and ships there. He you, saw Venus. Now, now, do you think Ingo Swan like saw them pass when he was having a vision? You know, I thought of that. Like they wait. It's like the scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they're at different ends of the restaurants, just staring at each other. See. I was actually thinking it was like, uh, you know, when the Guardians were on their way in the second movie and there's Stan Lee with the Watchers. I was, I was thinking it's more like the meme from the Umbrella Academy where they're just looking at each other confused as they pass. Yeah. That's fun. That's a yeah. fun headcanon. I'm going to make that like what I believe. Okay. The Ingo Swan thing? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah. just kind of like, oh, hey, there's a crossover episode. Hey. Hey, hey, these guys are naked in this dome. <laughs> That's cool. I'm going to Lanulos. Yeah. <laughs> so their next stop is Venus with its vast jungles and rivers. Yep. Checks out. Yep. Yep. And if that's hard to believe, they next saw Saturn and that it's actually bowl shaped. With people living in the bowl, growing crops. And the rings are just the edges head on. I'm huh. going to pause here long oh. enough for Mike to get anything out of his system that he feels he needs to. I mean, okay, but then... There's, it, so if the ring is the mm -hmm. lip of the mm -hmm. bowl... Yeah, yep. That means one side, one side of the globe is like the, the bowl of the bowl. Yeah. What's the other side that completes the sphere that we see? It's probably like one of those so, globes that has the drinks in it. That's probably the atmosphere. Oh, oh, see, I never thought about the fact that... The universe is stupid? Yes. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, okay. I want you to remember that un the universe is stupid. So it's it's like a bubble on top of a bowl. A bowl if you will. A bobble. A I big like beautiful bobble. So for the Patton Oswald fans out there. So after visiting Saturn and seeing <laughs> this is a fucking bowl, the visitors were allowed inside the house finally. Oh. Indrid brought his wife Kimmy. And their sons, Connor and Connard. Oh, wow. They were not very good at naming <laughs> kids. The boys played with his daughter while her brother was in school. And I find his son was absent for 
a lot of this. Now, Wait. I was going to say, if they had a third son, you'd get Kanari, and if they had a fourth son, he'd be Kanarf. God damn it. Mike, yeah. you were going to say something? I So, I, I was... I did not realize uh, it's Indrid's kids are oh. Connor and Connard because it was like yeah. his kids and the boys played with his daughter. I'm like, yeah. hey, where'd the daughter came from? But yeah. I, 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 yeah. I figured it out. Yeah, no. Uh, Indrid brought his family. It was Kimmy, Connor, and Connard. Connor, not Connor. It's it's A R. I yeah, I know, but I've heard I've heard it pronounced by uh Tanya before and it's Connor. I think that's just you know It's Connor and Connor just deal. <clears throat> now the men had the wives go and talk in the kitchen. Jesus Christ, I can't believe <laughs> I wrote that. But there you go. While they discussed how Woody was to spread their message of space love and peace as much as possible. You're going to be a missionary for us. And it is space Mormons, basically, when Mm -hmm. you get down to it. And the kids, of course, were playing upstairs in a cardboard box. I'm not joking. No, I I, I buy it. I buy it. Yeah. It's also at this point that Indrid makes an odd sort of promise that he and his family would protect the Derenbergers for the rest of their family line. And to this day, his daughter, Tanya, swears that she and her children are under the protection of the cold, very much to her children's dismay. Now, if the colds are the first line of defense, does that mean that there's a constant cold front? If I could throw a shoe at you, I fucking would right now. (laughs) It's puns like that. I, I have to admit a good pun. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, it is a good it pun. Hurt. It hurt. Which it hurt. Which is what a good mm-hmm. pun's supposed yep. to do. It's yep. not a good pun unless you're in physical pain. Yep. Now, during all of this, folks are still coming around to see the UFOs. And Woody, in his book, says that they do. They're all waiting to catch glimpses of the aliens, though, never realizing that Indrid, Carl, and Demo are all in the crowd with them, keeping an eye on everything, or parked at the street. Now, it's kind of like the end of Dark Knight Rises when Bruce gives Alfred that knowing smile at the cafe. Just, sure, just it was, you know, nodding. I was about to say sure if it was stupid, but the Dark Knight <laughs> Rises was kind of stupid. So, there's, there's this crowd of people around. Uh-huh. And, and they see UFOs. Really smiling, and, and they don't notice the, the weird UFO car just parked over there that they came out of. Oh, we'll, we'll get to the car, Mike. <laughs> we'll get to the car. Because it comes gr- up later. Well, and it's great because there's these moments in some episodes where we'll like talk and we'll bring up something. And it's like, oh, no, no, we're going to get to that. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Now, things are all lovey-dovey between the Derenbergers and the Colds. Wife, Wife swapping, swapping and everything. God, dang it. God damn, boys. Man, y'all are the same dude tonight. What the fuck? Wife swap away. There, there, there there's two brain cells on the podcast, and Mike and I are sharing it right now. <laughs> so, since things are going so well, Indra decides it's time to take Woody to yes, Lanyalos. He, he took Woody, all right. Oh, yeah. He took all that Woody. So, first, 
It's important to note that the people of Lanulos are completely without original sin. Must be fucking fucking nice. (laughs) Because of this, they only wear clothes for protection or dealing with humans. So once he gets there, Woody is surrounded by a completely naked population of beautiful young people. Now, now when you say young... I mean, like, even the old people look young. I don't mean, like, children. I mean, like, you know, like Hollywood. Uh, Okay, so yeah. Like Hollywood 50-year-old, as opposed to 1960s, holy shit, you've seen a lot, 30-year-old. So it's like a party at the Playboy Mansion, then? Yeah, basically. It's just like a bunch of, like... Uh, Ryan Reynolds and 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 like Penelope Cruz or who the hell ever's popular right now. Just you, you know, it's just like really attractive people. And then Woody Derenberger probably look like <laughs> boiled leather <laughs> stretched over, you know, he, he, oak trees. He's wearing his like delivery <laughs> jumpsuit. <clears throat> I, oh, he wore a suit to deliveries. Oh, oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, hey. no, it's the 60s, man. He dressed up. You wore your you wore your going to Sears best to Gave make Gave everybody a cigar, oh, a yeah. brandy with them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. He had these special cigars, stick them in the mouth, says, it's a stove. Um, <laughs> but the, the point is, you were talking about looking like a boiled football, Mike. Yeah. I have never seen a man who was more genetically predetermined to be a gym teacher. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. You showed me a picture. Yeah, he looked, he looked like a uh, Stacy Keach. He has a face that you could set your watch by. He he looks like he has opinions about Democrats. I'll put it that way. Yes, the 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 blocky older guy from a uh, uh, Mind Hunter. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. He looks him like, looks like yeah, like either a. A uh, PE teacher or a government official of some form. Did you know he's the guy? He was a guy in Fight Club that started the "His name was Robert Paulson" chant. Huh, what the what? guy from oh, Mind Hunter? Oh, that oh, was the same yeah. guy that did the his hit in Project Mayhem <laughs> I, I, in I Death. <laughs> a member of Project <laughs> Mayhem has I a name. You're talking about Woody Derenberger. Oh like, God, oh, no! He was in Fight Club? Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, he's old, but he was in there, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, um, no, just the actor, you know, again, for yeah. the other podcast. Yeah. So after his first few intera- interactions with people, um, Woody notices how they're frightened of him. And Injured tells him, it's the clothes, man. Your clothes scare, stranger. They give you away as a frightening man of Earth. So Woody is convinced to strip in a de- what Woody describes as being very similar to one of our department stores. Space Sears, as it were. <laughs> so he's walking around naked. Fat, old Woody Derenberger. So, and they're like, oh, put your clothes back on, please. We won't be scared anymore. And the thing is, actually, the last sentence I said a minute ago uh, can summarize Lanulos to a T. Every single thing on the planet is, quote, similar to what we have on Earth. Except the nudity. 
Brick homes with white picket fences. And naked people. Stoves. With naked people. Cars, with but naked they hover. In them. Yes. Animals, almost exactly the same. Except the animals naked. were naked and, too. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with a one brain cell. So, but, like, he, he describes animals very similar to our dogs and our cats. And the meat from an animal very similar to our cows. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Woody couldn't think of anything truly alien. Other than naked. Yeah. Well, that was the, just, yeah. There's that adage of write what you know, and by God, he knew suburban America. You're right. Naked. It also Except naked. <laughs> it also sounds like a budget episode of Star Trek. Well, you know, the it does sound like that. Yeah, episode land where on a planet and it's like 20th century Earth. I was gonna Fuck say it, it really kind of sounds like that episode where um, uh, Wesley ran through the uh, the flowers just, and they're uh-huh. gonna give him a lethal injection. It's Shut just up, California Wesley. with some uh, chiffon serapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a bad episode. Uh, so, here's the thing: all this stuff. One thing in Indrid's house that blew Woody's mind as an appliance salesman was the laundry room. Slaves, just full of slaves. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he would have been like, "By God, it's beautiful." But <laughs> well, that would blow his mind. Though. It was literally a room you hang your laundry in. And when you shut the door, the room just blast it with cleaning fluid and water and then air to dry them. And trust me, he went on the, about this for a little bit. I 60 mean, pages? Not that <laughs> long, but a couple. I mean, I guess theoretically it's not even impossible. It's just very dumb. Inefficient. Well, I mean, like, he describes the stove as being like our stoves and a fireplace, like our fireplace. And I guess he realized something's got to be weird. Now, now, if everybody's naked, why do you need a laundry room? That's my question. For that, the the Thank you for spotting that. Infrequently. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, at one point in his life, Woody had worked in a steel mill. So, Mm. guess where Indrid took him, guys? To one... To, to a lanulosian steel mill. Now, here the men wore protective clothing, and the process of creating steel was exactly like our process on Earth. Go figure. You know, well, it is hard to improve on the perfection of the American steel industry. Speaking of which, remember that bit on The Simpsons with the steel mill? I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, the one where they were reaching for that rainbow? Hot stuff coming through. Yep, yep. Uh. I figured that's ex- yeah i would say it's exactly what it's like on lanulose but they're christian so i don't know <laughs> so they're just closeted so, oh so i don't know if you've ever seen a steel mill yeah like in america anywhere a modern even a modern steel mill a foundry or something yeah. like that those are some hot well, dirty they, they wore clothes yeah but it's still Look, if you're talking about a alien <laughs> civilization that has all this technology, you think they do better than dudes in basically what looks to be uh, the Jiffy Pop bags, you know, the, <laughs> the ones on the, used on the stove? See, now, I, I find it interesting you thought of that because where my mind went, it's like a bunch of big, greasy, muscular men wearing, like, kitchen aprons. And that's their protective. Everybody dance now. I see are you know the the silver protective garments, but and the steel mill is just like dirty. Like it's just because of all the like slag and shit. Yeah, oh, no, their no, steel no. is cleaner just than ours. Constantly yeah. superior. 
black covered in like soot and everything. It's like, and he said it's just like ours. So I'm exactly imagine. like ours. So a 60s steel mill, I imagine, is even a dirtier, more dangerous place. Yeah, there's like five year olds in there yeah. working, kind of like in Arkansas now. <laughs> Jesus and, Christ. <laughs> We've gone back. He says, <laughs> he says it's just like ours. So yeah. On Lanulos, everything's a utopia except the steel mill, which is still like boiling hell. <laughs> just just imagine them in like pink Jeez, kitchen you aprons. Killed me. You fucking it, it, killed me. Instead of like protective clothing, it's just like they're they're trying to be sexy in the kitchen for uh, their, their wife's just, birthday or something. See, now I'm just picturing all of them from the I Want to Break Free video by Queen. <laughs> it's just them all dressed as with like bouffant hair and like the big handlebar mustaches. <laughs> have the big silver thing just no butt <laughs> assless yeah. assless thermal gown you know with that mental image we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back after this and we're back now during all this fun the Mothman was happening over in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and that meant John Keel was in the area. Hell yeah. I feel like I feel like John Keel is almost like one of those weird disaster tourists, but just for the paranormal. Mm. Now, needless to say, once Woody's story hit the press, John Keel bolted over to his house for an interview and an attempt to to see the ship. So, so you're saying he's the paranormal version of a uh, what's that Weather Channel guy? Nick Cantori. Nick Cantori. He was Mike. He really, really was. Now, wait. Th- there's a channel for the weather. <laughs> yeah, and they can't seem to remember the name Mississippi. No, they, or, or <laughs> uh, you know, can't get uh, Biloxi right. Oh, dude, I was listening to a podcast about the paranormal earlier today. You, you know, the one I was talking about the. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Kryptonite podcast. Motherfucker said Biloxi. Biloxi. And I almost lost my shit. That's some northern bullshit. That, that is some northern <laughs> bullshit. It's Biloxi. It is a tribe. Get it right. So, anyway, so John Keel shows up and uh, goes over to Woody's house to interview him and see if he can get a glimpse of these ships. Because, again, like you mentioned, David, they're in the middle of a flap. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that Woody had started doing with his newfound powers of telepathy was to basically call up Indrid Cold and ask him if he could fly a ship around in front of strangers to impress him. UFO on demand. And for some reason, Indrid apparently had nothing else going on. Well, you know, there's only so much <laughs> naked you could be at home. He and- would often do it. He wow, would he, show up. I mean, how? I wonder what the like response time on that is. If he's you oh, know, pretty still, quick, apparently. We're talking like between one minute and fifteen minutes, so wait, depending. Lan- Lanulos is in another galaxy, right? Yep. So, well, no, you got to understand. Uh, one of the things I didn't bring up in the outline is that uh, Indrid is an explorer, what oh. they call a a uh, 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 searcher, and. <laughs> God, these fucking nimrods. Anyway, point is, he's stationed on Earth. So, so he has like a base of operations. Yes, yes, he but does. But still, still, uh, Woody has dial a UFO. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. So Woody has this incredible gift of visitor communication, mm-hmm. and he uses it to have them do fucking sky donuts over people's houses. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like when you're a kid and you have something really cool, and you just uh-huh. wear the hell out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, of course, he calls Indrid on his brain phone, and he shows up the night John Keel's there. Hey, 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 John, you want to see something cool? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> so. John sees the lights in the distance and he takes off after him, which all right, that tracks. I, I, but wasn't the UFO coming to him? Well, it was there. He was basically it was in the sky doing tricks and okay. shit, and John Keel just bolts off after it, which if you've read the <laughs> Mothman prophecies, yeah, that totally fucking yeah, tracks yeah. That like a labrador retriever yep. he would have just had like uh injured land right there in front of john if he had just nope. stayed the fuck still nope because that would make sense and like yeah we're yeah not allowed this to is that. not a narrative this is real <laughs> <laughs> yes but by the time john makes it back to the farm not only has he fallen into several mud holes in the dark but he has also been chased by the angry bull. At least it wasn't this the just sounds bull. like an episode of The Simpsons, doesn't it? Like, like John Keel sounds like Homer Simpson here. He, he does, and but the thing is, John being John, stayed friends with Tanya, his uh, Woody's daughter, and mm. joked with her about this until his dying day. <laughs> John Keel never denied that any of this happened. And that's when the bull chased me. You just said Homer Simpson. I'm thinking, na 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 Indrid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. So uh, I do want to jump in here because I found some stuff as well. Please. Now, have we mentioned the smiling man yet, Kevin? We have not. But I want you to give us a breakdown because we are going to do an episode about them. Right. And I I don't want to get too deep into it. But as this is going on with, uh, you know, Woody and John Keel and Indrid Cold, there's other stuff going on. Like this is a major thing in West Virginia. There's this flap going on. It's connecting to another cryptid known as the Smiling Man. Indrid Cold could very well be the Smiling Man in some cases. Possibly. Um, so this is another encounter, and uh, <clears throat> I just want to—I want to reference it real quick. Uh, I'm just going to crib from the Mysterious Universe article that I found on it, um, mm-hmm. because it involves what appears to be poltergeist activity, and poltergeist activity and UFO activity do have a correlation that it, that can be observed from time to time. Right? You know, it's weird shit happening. There you go. Lots of so, weird shit <clears throat> begets weird shit. Again, this is like freaky deaky, uh, freaky deaky shit in uh, Point Pleasant around the same time. Uh, in this case, the activity surrounded a family known as the Lilies. Specifically, they had been dealing with the uh, poltergeist activity and strange lights in the sky above their home. Sounds familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Now, quoting Miss Lily, quote, We've seen all kinds of strange things, blue lights, green ones, red ones, and things that change color. Some have been so low that we thought we could see diamond-shaped windows in them, and none of them make any noise at all, end quote. Now, the strange thing here is that this activity also featured a grinning man 
whether it was Indrid, Demo, or Carl, it revolved around the uh, the daughter, Linda Lily. Um, now, Keel interviewed her about this while he was investigating the whole Mothman flap. Yes. What, of what was going on. So I'm going to quote Linda here. Quote, it was a big man. It was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed again and hid under the covers. When I looked again, he was gone. Now, Sounds very familiar to something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just imagining him like, hey, you up? How Hello, you little girl. Sleeping? Are you awake? <laughs> I'm injured gold. <laughs> so um, this is just one of the few events that seem to paint these uh, grinning men. Uh, if we're looking at Indrid Cold as one of them, as a kind of MIB figure, the article from Mysterious Universe lays out a few other examples, but one theory is essentially that Indrid Cold is basically a shitty Green Lantern. He's like a space <laughs> cop. <laughs> like oh god yeah like it, there's a whole thing like when we cover the smiling man we'll get to that because it could be like the men in black are the smiling men and they might be sure you know space cops basically that um, is that is the dumbest theory i've heard and yet it makes yeah. a little bit of sense it, it's fantastic and i wish it were true yes. uh, but yeah let, let, let's get back to your script but i thought i should yes. bring that up because again we've got john keel in this area a lot of similar things going on yeah. and there's been connections drawn between injured cold and this image of the smiling man well, you know, one of the things about John Keel is he never let uh, the facts get in the way of a good story. So it's mm. it's definitely, he found ways to link a lot of things that maybe shouldn't have been linked, or maybe they should mm -hmm. have. We'll find out when we delve in deeper. Mm -hmm. So so just a tangent here, the smiling man, hat man, slender man, just, just want to come up with a cryptid type thing. Just come up with any mundane descriptor and add man to it. The hey, man, hey, man. The, have you the, heard about the, the flannel man? The hairy man. No, the, you're you're no. There the is bald a man. There's a flannel man. Flannel man. What it's about a, the? It's the, basically Mike. Imagine you're being haunted by the brawny guy. Being haunted by someone from Portland. <laughs> you know, maybe it. it's time for a woman. Oh, the you know woman. man. You know what I'm saying? The man, man. Yeah, He's just a man. That's slender, also a man. Slender chick. No. <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry. So, thick man. Thick man. Wait, K or two C's? Two C's. Oh, yeah. He Here thick. we go. He thick. So, if this story had a villain, it would be the entities Injured Cold refers to as the humanoids. Now, yes. wasn't that a Hanna-Barbera cartoon that ran with Space Ghost? That was the Herculoids and... Oh. It should be revered. I so, thought, mm -hmm. wait, what was the Inhumanoids? That was uh, tied in with the G.I. Joe universe, actually. Oh. Yeah, they had that weird Cthulhu-looking so, thing and, like, so, a big so demon. aren't all of them humanoids? Like, aren't I, I humanoids might, and Indrid's a humanoid? Yeah, we're all humanoids, realistically, but you got to remember... Oh, the they universe, were uncreative, and she couldn't call the, the name. The universe is dumb in this. They they, they 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 couldn't call him like the the blarp blarpians the well, the bok he he they blew their load on lanulose okay now, yeah. now see I appreciate the uh, gender inclusivity in the term here that that's nice for 1966 the humanoids yeah humanoids instead of the uh, instead of the 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 
Well, we'll get to that. The man, the man people, the manoids, yes, the womanoids. <laughs> the humanoids have very little to do with this narrative, but Woody and Tanya both put so much emphasis on them that I feel we really need to cover them. <clears throat> so, so it's like that that super important character, mm. but that just not there that much and really doesn't do anything. So they're not really that important. But well, it's more yeah, like the MCU are. where they'll put like a character, they'll introduce an episode or they'll introduce a character in the sequel. And then that character gets a 10 episode series on Disney plus. No, yeah. it's more like Mike was talking about. It's kind of like a character in a Douglas Adams book that seems really important. And then it turns out, nope, it's just a joke. Now, see, I'm trying to make this contemporary for you I, know, our I understand, listeners. but I feel people need to go read Douglas Adams. No, that's true. That's true. So it can be two things at once. It can be all those things and more. <laughs> so a local teen by the name of quote Jim was <clears throat> sorry. He was parked on a hot and humid summer night with his cousin Darla. Uh, <laughs> now, you, when you go parking on a hot and humid summer night. Now, the book makes damn sure that you know that they were researching UFOs. Quote, I, I see but that. This is, a this is rural West Virginia in the 1960s and, well, uh, you do the math. Now, look, clearly incest has never happened in West Virginia ever, so let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. So, as they're watching the sky doing their UFO research, a pink glowing UFO lands in the forest. So he found the clitoris. He did. And before the they clitoris. And before they know it, an alien approaches the car. It has red eyes. <laughs> And feathers for hair. And you know what? It's the weird chicken guys from Highlander 2, okay? That's exactly what they're described like. <laughs> that's I, that's it. I barely remember them. It's I, just fucking chicken dudes that move like chickens. Okay. They got feathers for hair, and they act like chicken dudes. So they're, red not, eyes. they're not a man, they're a chicken boo. Yes. Thank you for making that joke. So anyway, Chicken Man asks Jim if the young lady is his wife, which further strengthens my questions about what the fuck they were doing. Even the Chicken Man is like, this seems kind of fucked up. Man, our, our scans say you're cousins. Come on, man. Hey, man, what are you to put her bra back on? So after a hasty explanation that no, she isn't, Chicken Cuck asks him to follow him into the woods. Uh, hmm. So he leads him to their ship where there's two more chicken men. And that's when they tell him to give him his shoes. Wait. Now, now that's a KFC bucket of chicken, right? No. That's not enough for a KFC bucket? No. Seriously, okay. we, we need your fucking shoes for, like, testing. Seriously, just... just. <laughs> Give me your fucking shoes. We'll bring it back tomorrow. I don't give a fuck. Just give me your fucking shoes. It's like, was it, was, is this the chicken man, Quentin Tarantino? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, you, you, you did say chicken cuck, so I just want to make the low hanging pun of chicken cluck. <laughs> God damn it. That's terrible. So, yeah. so Jim hands over his shoes. <laughs> it's like he went to prison and he's getting hazed by chicken people. <laughs> 
exactly. So she gives him his shoes and then walks back to the car. And then he goes and drops Darla off at her house. Hopefully she doesn't reek of sex. And then he hightails it over to Woody's place to tell him about the aliens because who else are you going to talk to about this? he's a local UFO freak. I know. If you know a dude that says he knows aliens and you get mugged for your shoes by aliens. His shoes ended up like... uh, with their laces tied together, wrapped around an interstellar power line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it, exactly. I, I, I was going to say, it sounds like prison hazing, or it's like that bit in Always Sunny where they put Dennis into that mess, uh, mental hospital and Sinbad and Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 bully him and take his shoes. <laughs> yes, yes, it's exactly like that episode. <laughs> so, so Woody, hears, you know, Woody hears his story from him, and he calls Indrid on his brain phone. <laughs> Ring, 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 brain phone. And he tells his friend, he tells him his friend has been mugged by chicken cucks. And he's supposed to meet them in the exact same spot the next night to get his shoes back. I've just been huffing the shoe funk all night. You're going to say something, David? Oh, no, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what they want with the shoes. Well, we'll get there. Sniffing. Okay. So... I gotta know. I know you do. It's okay, buddy. I understand. Indrid tells him, all right, but you go with him, and we're going to be there tomorrow night, too. Now, 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 where does Jesus fit into all this? uh, Actually, Jesus uh, is is the Lord and Savior of Lanyulos. But, but like... Does he live on Lanyulos? There's space Christians. What... Oh, they came from Earth originally. I, di- I didn't put that in the outline. They're, they're humans well, from Earth. that seems kind of important. I know, but like, there's, it never gets explained, so it doesn't make any sense. Like, none of this seems super Christian. I'm just going to throw no, that out I, Kevin, I understand Kevin, that. Kevin, that's the Ark. The Ark wasn't actually a boat. It was, it a, was a UFO. Whoosh, and took them to the far-off galaxy of Ganymede. Mike, have you been reading Zachariah Sitchin lately? No, but you keep... <laughs> Telling me this shit, and it just kind of—it's <laughs> like plaque or tartar on your teeth. It keeps oh, building up. You can—you can brush, my friend. I—I I can't. So I, everything, I—I—I I, I need like mental floss. Okay, well that's a website. So the following <laughs> night, Woody, Jim, and poor Darla go out to get the fucking shoes. So. They see the ships landed, and there's the chicken cucks. And then before they reach the chicken men, Indrid, Carl, and Demo jump out like the Spanish Inquisition and tell them to beat it. But the shoes. They they say, we'll get the shoes back. They escort the pink ship off planet, and Indrid psychically explains things to Woody. He tells him these beings are known as the humanoids, and they come from outside of our galaxy. Wait a minute. They're, our galaxy? Yes. That, 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 that infers that Lanulos is in the same galaxy. Mike. <laughs> Mike. Narrative. I'm, I'm the getting universe that, is stupid. I'm getting that the universe narrative is, no, the universe is stupid. is not no, 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 no. the you, strong point. No, this is fact. The universe is stupid. Okay. <clears throat> so the their big thing is on their home planet, there is no personal property, so they can take anything they want that's just laying around. So they go around, look for planets, 
and steal whatever they want. Like, say, your fucking shoes. And they were going to steal the guy's shoes again. Um, Other than that, these guys are harmless. Except, he says, these are the aliens that abducted Betty and Barney Hill. So, so that previous point <laughs> about the 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 having no personal property. This is just a dig on a communism and socialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is straight up McCarthyism in space. Fuck the humanoids. So they're gonna take your shit. They're gonna steal your shoes and your shoes and your women. No, they mostly never your shoes. But these are the aliens that abducted Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Acor- according to Injured Cold. But but they don't look anything like what the No, not even as. fucking remotely. But we'll get back to these assholes later. I don't know, they just they just sound they don't sound like assholes so much as just kind of an inconvenience. Now, I will also say that the next morning Jim wakes up and his shoes are sitting on the porch. Fuck. So so here's another idea. Okay. Just just buy new fucking shoes. <laughs> also, are we sure they're not crow people given their propensity for stealing shit? It's completely they, possible that they're crow people, but I find chicken people is much more insulting they, to they, them. They didn't really steal, though. They asked for them. Yeah, yeah but they, they weren't going like to give them back. Him, and they, and they lied about him. It. They bullied him into giving up his shoes me, like a six-year-old. I don't, they didn't sound Give me much, your like, fucking shoes. It didn't sound like much bullying. It was more like, hey, give us your shoes. Like, you know what else we'll this reminds me of? Dude was just nice. It reminds me of something that would happen to Coach McGurk in home movies. <laughs> it does. <laughs> There's a very McGurkian quality to it. Yeah, yeah I, or him walking. Hit, Brendan, 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 give me your fucking shoes. I need your shoes right now. <laughs> The, but the, these are the only shoes I gave me your fucking shoes. Chicken Brendan, cups I, I, were I just need them to make a point, squiggly. Brendan. Brendan, I need, I need to make a point. I have to sell them. I bought swords again. <laughs> I, I was going to say he's like, he's trying to teach the kids a lesson about taking care of their equipment. So he throws Brendan's shoes under his car and runs them over. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a character for Coach McGurk. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a planet. Gonna, they're from the planet McGurk. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> that in my head canon is they're from the planet McGurk. <laughs> well, Indrid Cold is described as wearing like a one piece thing, like all oh my the god, you're right. <laughs> now, oh now, my god, why didn't Indrid mention the space chicken people earlier? Um, uh, he just he, they it wasn't worth it. I mean, th- this just sounds like something like was added it does act seem like two out of nowhere and wasn't really space set up cucks, Nobody cares about. It them. really sounds like the kind of thing you would bring up. Like, oh, by the way, if you meet some other aliens that look like chicken dudes, fuck those mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, we're oh, not the only fine. ones. It's they're, not just space Christian. There's also space bird communists. Yes. Godless space communists from the red planet. They're just going to take your shoes. Don't worry about it. What you, don't, what you don't know is that Mars, the canals they saw formed a hammer and sickle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, you didn't know that. Touch the side of my nose. Oh, it really is the red planet. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now... All of these visits from aliens started impacting Woody's uh, life. You know, really? you don't say. His job began to suffer. Really? Because people would call him to buy uh, appliances, and he would go out there, and they just want to interview him about UFOs. And they don't buy the appliance. They do not. Wow. His children begin 
to get bullied at school. They get traumatized by all the strangers marching onto their land with rifles and shotguns looking for, quote, them aliens. Like you would. And his wife has had just about a fucking enough. Welcome to West Virginia. Yes. To quote that sticker I want to get, just about McFucking had it. <laughs> so, over the next several years, the Derenbergers would move between Ohio and West Virginia and several other states in an attempt to have a normal life. But, no matter where they moved, Indrid Cold followed, and with him, the media in hot pursuit. It's kind of hard to keep a UFO hovering over your house quiet. I mean, I... So... Maybe it's a case of like the 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 royals thing going on now. It's like just shut your mouth, and you probably won't have so much uh, media paying attention to you. Very true. Mm-hmm. But now, now you said UFO hovering over the house all the time, mm-hmm. which means obviously we have a bunch of photos of these UFOs, right? Of what course. with all the media oh. and alien groupies around all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. See, there's these drawings. A lot of people had cameras in the 60s. Why do they keep bringing in courtroom sketch artists for these events? Why do they bring a fucking camera? Nobody has a single photo of a Lanyolosian ship. Kevin, you, you, you have a camera from the 1930s that takes very acceptable photos. Yes, I do. These people in the 60s had cameras as well. I I'm don't go, have an answer for I'm, that. I'm going to go see the UFO that's surely hovering there. And, and not, not take, take a single photo. Not take my camera. Not take a goddamn photo. I'm going to draw it on a cocktail napkin. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to bring my cousin, the cousin wife, the court sketch artist. Yes. Now, for a time, Woody would get picked up and taken out to the ship to sort of relieve tensions. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, between lot, him and his wife. An oiled massage. So. A little like, the, like Indrid, doesn't understand you. Indrid or one of his men, like <laughs> Demo or Carl. or Carl, would come and pick him up in their VW Bug with West Virginia plates. Um, I think I think what he actually ran into was hippies, not aliens. So the VW bug, in my opinion, is one of the most absurd things about all of this, even with the chicken people. Why a beetle? What the fuck is going on? It's like a spaceship. There's a theory, and we'll get to that theory toward the end, all right? Of course there's a fucking theory. There's always a well, fucking theory. Yes, This is ridiculous. I'm I, so mad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're killing me. So, Woody tried to make ends meet for a long while through speaking engagements at UFO conventions, and they did pay. But mm-hmm. if there is one rule you should all know, there is no money in this, only ruination. Mm. All right? And that ruination truly came when Catherine divorced Woody. Aw, man. Aw. Woody would eventually settle down with a new wife. Do you know who that wife was? Nope. Mm. Darla. Oh. The, the, the cousin. The cousin. Well, the co- not his cousin, but the cousin of Yes, the, Jim's cousin. Jim's cousin. Yes, he would marry Darla and live a quiet existence and try to keep under the radar, or as quiet as he could when your best friend is a fucking alien from Lanulos. 
Now, just just making love to his new wife and keeps hearing. Now, uh, I want to point out. Are you scoring? <laughs> Are you getting it? Yeah. Stay Here's, hard, Woody. <laughs> Here's the thing I want to point out, though, that just popped in my head. Now, when all this was going on, Woody was around 50-something. Darla was a teenager. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. So real, let's... Real, uh, real spring-autumn relationship there. I was going to say some real perverted shit, but... Now, Woody was not the only person visited by injured cold, even if he was the most frequent. All around the area of Mineral Wells, people talked about the smiling man who would visit them at their homes. Sometimes he claimed to be an alien. Other times he would claim to be a government agent. His friends Carl and Demo were often seen with him in their VW Bug. Sightings of him spread as far away as New Jersey, with children saying a man in a shiny green jumpsuit stared at them with a menacing smile. John Keel would collect these other reports, like you mentioned, related mm-hmm. to smiling invaders in his work and lump cold in with them, and he's linked with the sinister smiling man urban legends to this day. So, so he's like a sinister stretched out leprechaun? But only instead of leading to a pot of gold, he leads to divorces. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's it exactly. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the end of your peaceful life. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the more Are interesting... Are you happily married? Not, Not... anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Indrid Cold. I'm here to fuck up your life. <laughs> here, shake my hand. It's a stink palm. <laughs> So I'm one, gonna give you a pink eye. Oh God! Actually, Mike, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Most people exposed to UFOs end up with pink eye. Well, that's because all the aliens are nude and they sit on the you know the furniture, and then if you lay down on it, you get the pink eye. Well, never sniff the ass resting spot of an alien. Yeah. Well, sh- which ass? Because they have multiple. Eyes. I don't know. No. 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 no it's from no, all no, the poo no. in their eyes. Yeah, the poo eye. <laughs> So, one of the more interesting things to come out of this was from Tanya Derenberger. Now, when they were looking at photos uh, to try to identify who, we'll call them Team Cold, could be, uh, they came across a picture of the famous Venusian Valiant Thor. Mm. Now... Now, Valiant Thor was supposedly an alien from Venus that helped Eisenhower broker the Gieta Treaty for technology in exchange for abductees. Now, more likely he was a disinformation agent, but we'll get to that in a bit. We also absolutely need to cover Valiant Thor and the Gieta Treaty. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Now, without knowing who the picture was... Or of his role in history, Tanya got excited at the picture of Valiant Thor and started, yell- started yelling, That's him! That's Indrid Cold! Now, this I guess is- she really warmed up to him. I, Oh, she loved the colds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I just got that joke. That's yeah, terrible. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> so, this implies that whoever Cold was, he was no stranger to ufology and no stranger to convincing people to spread alien messages of love. Thor was also a representative of a utopian society of psychic Christians, but that time from Venus. Now, I'm sure we're going to do this full, a full episode on him in the future. We have to. 
Mm-hmm. Now, 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 Christian aliens is such a specifically wacky allowance that New Age Christians, I've seen them use. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the same thing when we did that riff on that documentary as a Patreon bonus. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. So there's this kind of cognitive <laughs> dissonance of exploring New Age non-secular beliefs with their religious programming. So mm-hmm. they merge these two ideas in a way that feels... It helps them feel right about exploring non-Christian theology and beliefs, but still has that kind of, like, theistic anchor to it. It's very weird. Exactly. It's grounding. It is. Mm -hmm. It's also exactly like all those pictures of Sonic the Hedgehog coming to Jesus on DeviantArt. Uh Uh-huh. It is exactly the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, (coughs) excuse me. The other thing to note on this is that there are claims Woody was subjected to MK Ultra experimentation and some extremely interesting visuals, then sent out to spread this hokey mess to distract the public. From what? Who knows, because it seems to have worked. Now, the thing to remember is that this entire thing was at the tail end of the Space Brothers contactee movement where aliens wanted nothing but peace for us and for us to stop it with all the nukes. Gort, Klaatu, Barada, Niktu. So, I'll take the book now. So, you could say Indrid was very anti-Cold War? I, you guys, you motherfuckers. (laughs) Now, Mike, this is going to be kind of new to you. Our last update about Indrid Cold comes courtesy of Greg and Dana Newkirk's wonderful show, Hellier. Now, in it, due to a series of events that are entirely too complex to get into and explain, they end up on the trail of Indrid Cold, and the only source they really have is Tanya. Now, now we've mentioned Hellier a few times on the podcast, and it is a show that, for my money, is the best produced paranormal documentary series of the past, I don't know, 20 years? Yeah. Um, it's just the meticulous documentation of everything is exactly what I want in these sort of projects, and I cannot recommend it enough. All I'm going to say is tin cans. Tin cans and balloons. Tin cans balloons. and balloons. That's all you need to know. Yep. So, yep. Tony explains that Indrid, Connor, and Connard <clears throat> continued to visit her in to, into the present day at the nursing home she's in. On their most recent visit, though, Connor and Connor said that Indrid had died when his ship crashed while chasing humanoids away from Earth. You know, the chicken guys from earlier. So he died behind the wheel in a game of chicken? Yes, literally. (laughs) Now, the New Kirks are not so sure. They feel Indrid may be an ultra-terrestrial from the super spectrum. Who knows for sure? But he also has trickster characteristics, and it's in line with what they were investigating, that there would be some sort of trickery element here. That's true. I also kind of picture him looking like uh, uh, Loki when he was dressed as... Uh, D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So You said superstructure, so I finished my drink. Oh, hey, there you go. I was wondering <laughs> what that noise was. All right. And uh, that's where it ends. We're left with questions that have no answers. We're, we're not even sure if Indra Cole was a real person, but we think he was. What we do know is that he ruined fucking lives. <clears throat> Woody, after his divorce, of course, married Darla. 
And uh, Tanya, unfortunately, seems to have been the worst for all this. She looks at the colds as guardian angels for her and her family. She's divorced. She is estranged from her children. And she continues to wait in the old folks' home. She waits for a trip to Lanulos her father promised her when she was four. She waits, and she still believes. Tanya's specific case here feels particularly devastating to me. Uh, Her her father being a true believer, like, I can accept that. But with her kind of being the last of her family and still believing all this just kind of fills me with this weird sort of sadness. I know. And she believes hardcore. She has got people out of her life for not believing. She The, the dedication in her book, uh, Beyond Lanulos, is uh, pretty fucking heartbreaking because it's, it's a plea to her children to, uh, I hope you can forgive me. And I'm like, yeah. wow, this is hardcore. Yeah. Um. Now, that being said, uh, one of the theories is that Indrid Cold is a disinformation agent uh, like the Space Brothers movement. Mm-hmm. Basically, a distraction from something. And I kind of feel like that's that's the answer here. Mm. I wouldn't say it's the answer. I feel it is. What do you think it is? I mean, so the way the... Uh, the ship was first described and then later saying they had a Volkswagen Beetle. Mm-hmm. The ship, I mean, the, the, the hurricane land shape is very close to a VW Beetle itself. It kind of is, yeah. So so maybe you just got, like, high accidentally. It was a dark and stormy night. I mean, you <laughs> know... <laughs> Maybe he uh, he met these guys at a rest stop and took some acid with them. And ah, you look at the picture of Woody Derenberger. I don't think this man knows what acid is, except for the stuff you use to clean with. I was gonna say he knows what acid reflux is. Sure, yeah. that's a man uh, who eats his chili- red meat. Goddamn chili peppers burn my gut. I mean, you know, he's taking a walk on the wild side with some hippies and dropped some acid. And- had a fantastic time and ruined I don't his know. family. It, see, I feel like there... I don't think it was a... purposeful trip. I once again throw in the MK Ultra thing, or at least I think he was dosed. Eh. Mm-hmm. And right. maybe then the bug turned into a lantern, uh, hurricane lantern uh, globe. I mean, I could see it as being like a psyops thing. Like, you already got all the shit going on in West Virginia. So, you know, you have yeah. this guy who has a reliable delivery pattern. And he's you, also... You, you pull, yeah. He's too yeah. far away for the poisoning from the TNT plant is the other thing. Mm. Yes, the poisoning of the TNT plant. That's one thing that we don't emphasize enough with the Mothman thing. Yeah, that was in the ground. That was in the water table. <laughs> yeah. Mike, what, what do you think? Seriously, though. I mean... <laughs> this is obviously too too dumb to be real. Yeah. Um I I don't get the I mean I know MK Ultra was a real thing, but I don't think they were just out there dosing regular people. I mean that's just uh, a little too beyond the pain. Like they had plenty of, you know, soldiers that were uh, we're talking about this what, what this is that, the, the same this is the same government that like took black communities and infected them with uh 
what was it? Anthrax? Uh, was it Anthrax? Or I think it was, it was um, Anthrax. Yeah, yeah. so this, this is the same kind of government that goes through and, like, um, they'll, they'll test, like, mind-altering shit. On, on people and communities. So like I like I understand like the reluctance, but also like it doesn't seem that far fetched given the shit that like the US government's done before. See, my whole reasoning is that this was an attempt to disarm the entire UFO movement. Mm-hmm. But that's that's me. Why why would you have to disarm something? Or that... just get information out there, get the most insane thing so out there. Here's the thing is that to to want to take these drastic steps would mean that they're close to something real. Mm. And I don't, from my perspective, they're not, you know, if, if UFOs aren't real, why a disinformation campaign? Well, it may, well, I mean, if we're talking about UFOs, like again, they, it's unidentified flying object. doesn't have to be okay, alien in origin. It could be real, a government why? test of, Something that they want to keep quiet. I mean, even then, I mean, so you saw some shit in the sky. I mean, discrediting people by... It, it doesn't make any sense to try to discredit someone by, you know, well, having oh, some weird well, Space well, Mike, Brother thing. Mike, have you seen how Washington operates? Not I, making sense is how they thrive. Well, it, here's the thing, though, is that the bigger conspiracy is, the more likely, you know, you're going to have leaks. I just don't think the government is capable of having a coherent and secure conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is like definitely. Type. Yeah. I, this is one of those things where I think we're both standing on opposite sides of this, and that's fine. I just, I've got my reasons for believing what I believe, and it's kind of hard to explain. I need to, yeah. uh, I, I, brain. You know what, fuck the both of you, you're dead to me. What? That, that's, yeah, that, that's how we're doing this now. We're fighting. <laughs> we're not fighting, <laughs> god it's, damn it, I'm, I am like, <laughs> saying it was in K-Ultra. It's like it brings. Well, to yeah, mind. wait. You're on my side. Why did I tell you to fuck off? Yeah, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> it, it brings to I mind just a, fight. Uh, a thing recently I learned that. So, the uh, you know what the the B two bomber. Do you know what its original code name was? So the F one seventeen had the uh, had two prototypes called uh, Have Blue and uh, Tacit Blue. The B two hmm. had a code name. You want to know what that code name was? What was that? Aurora. Mm-hmm. The Aurora. Remember? The Aurora that everybody claimed was like some SR-71 yeah. super mm-hmm. plane. Mm-hmm. No, it turns out it's the B-2. You know, a triangle-shaped uh, black aircraft flying around Nevada in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Mm. So, you know, that... You know, Rev, uh, the Revel Model Company really uh, uh, fluffed that one up when they came out with this, you know, super high speed, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. depiction of what the uh, military, what the military was supposedly developing. When it turns out, right, it was just a right, slow flying wing bomber that was yeah. super mm-hmm. stealthy. Yeah, yeah, very true. Well. 
this is for the most part been fun right up until the end when I got depressed and uh, we started <laughs> arguing about uh, MK Ultra. <laughs> no, fuck you. No, fuck the chicken cucks. Uh, not want to fuck them. I'm I'm saying I mean metaphorically, not okay. realistically. So. Thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate it. Holy shit, I forgot right at the top. We should have announced we have a new patron. Well, Whoa. This, this is the space for that. Anyway. Yeah, we got a new patron. It is Man in Black. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Now you're going to make me get all conspiracized. It's Eric from our Discord, dude. Oh, okay. It's fine. He's, <laughs> sure. he's cool, dude. He's sure. cool. He's it's cool, man. It's cool. It's not injured cold. But uh, Welcome. No, it's thank just you. A, a robot in a uh, off-the-rack suit. Yeah, that too. So, thank you for that, and thank you to all of our patrons. We appreciate it. You help keep us going. Was that a cat? That was a cat. That was a cat. Yes, it is. Aww. All right. I was, I was, I was touching, touching her butt, and she... Gin- Ginger says <clears throat> thank you as well. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, you can find everything for the show on supernatpod.rocks. You can find us on Mastodon at supernatpod at horrorhub.club. You can find me on Mastodon at Kota Otan, K-O-T-A-O-T-A-N, at retro.pizza. David, what would you like to plug this week? Uh, I'm gonna plug that the Taco Bell is gonna be bringing back the volcano menu this summer. The volcano menu? Yeah, the the volcano burrito, volcano taco. Uh, they got that lava sauce, so that's nice. I miss that apparently. Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back in June, okay. baby. Cool. All right. Nature is healing. Yeah. Okay. We're we're plugging that, are we? Yes. Yes. Okay. Why not? <laughs> okay. I just want to say I really like where RG bots is going with the dead green still. So yeah, I'm I'm going to new depths that I wasn't aware that I was able to go to. Yazivana Hutzog. So, <laughs> Mike, anything you want to plug? Um, I just want to say I just broke my microphone stand and the cat scratched the shit out of me. Nice. That is terrible. Yes, it is. Like broke, broke. Yeah, like the bass broke off. Goddamn. Well, like, I was everyone adjusting it. And it- it just sheared the fuck off. Well, shit. Well, everybody. Oh, this is Mike's uh, last episode. You can donate, too. Uh, <laughs> the microphone works. Just this shitty metal Yeah, but you're going to have to hold off. the microphone yeah. the entire time. Well, probably. You're not going to want to do that. I've, got, have I've to, got like a desk one you can borrow for a while. I have to go on Amazon or something. Remember, you can donate at uh, <laughs> supernappod.rock slash Patreon if you would like to help Mike get a new stand. <laughs> So, uh, wow, that was fortuitous. What Thank a, you. Thank you, a, Eric. That's going to... What a piece of shit. Yeah, no kidding. So just wow. every episode, we should break something and hopefully we get a new... <laughs> I just broke my leg, so please donate for a new fucking leg. No. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate it. You guys are great, uh, and you give us a really good reason to get together once a week and have a good time. And uh, we'll be getting together twice a week in the near future. Maybe. Ooh. Yes, for the Maybe. other show, which we still need a name for. Mm-hmm. So uh, does anybody have any words of wisdom to close out on? Um, in don't. the words of the hyper chicken, buck, buck, paca. Okay. Sounds good to me. Don't. <laughs>
trust cheaply Chinese-made microphone stands. There you go. While you have a cat in your lap. There you go. That'll do that it. hurt a lot. I bet it did. It sounded painful. That's why I kept looking over my monitor like, is Mike dead? <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll see you next week for a new episode. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Give me your shoes. <laughs> Just give me your fucking shoes. <laughs> give me give me your cat's shoes while you're at it. This isn't a fucking bit. This isn't a bit. Give, give, those shoes. A, give us a goddamn give shoes. Cuck-caw. Oh my god. <laughs> give us your mother cucking shoes. Chicken go cuck cuck. Whoop whoop. <laughs>